Good to see everyone here today. Several of you have been here for some time, and we're glad that you're back. And we're glad to have you in our midst. The cold weather today, I'm sure, are keeping a number of them away. But we're certainly in a warm facility. When I was in Trieste, Italy, I went to just to have some place to go on Sabbath. I went to a church where there was they had no heating at all in the building. Everyone sat there with their overcoats on. I had my overcoat on. When the minister spoke, you could see the breath. Is that what you refer to it? But there was no difference in attendance. Today we have, here in this country, we have cars that have heaters in it. We have a building that has heat in it. And a number of our people are not here. And I'm not I'm just saying we all, and I do believe he takes into consideration how much we really think of him. By being here shows that you love him, that you want to serve him, you want to worship him. I'm sure we've all heard that song entitled, Little is Much if God is in it. Beautiful song. And I'd like to entitle that for my sermon today. Little as much if God is in it. Sometimes we think and we see an individual who has much in material things of life that they have really been blessed of God. But yet, wealth is no mark of God's favor. On the other hand, poverty is no mark of God's displeasure either. So many times, as humans, we have a tendency to judge. Just the opposite. We have a tendency to judge by the eye. Rather than what's on the inside of an individual. Yet, there is a scripture that does show that God's display, disfavor does come upon an individual because of what he has done. In, in the book of Haggai, in the book of Haggai, it's a little book that not easy to find sometimes. Haggai, the, the first chapter, it does tell us that the Lord is not blessing here even though that they do have a goodly income coming in. Verses 5 and 6, it says, Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much, 
but yet bringing little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. It seems that sometimes people, the Lord has blessed them with a good job, with a goodly income, but yet they have no more than an individual that has a meager income, what we would consider a meager income. Simply because his heart is not right before God, he does not consider his ways, how he uses the income that the Lord has blessed him with. He's careless with it. And it says that he put it in a bag with a hole in it. You put something in a bag with a hole in it, it just goes right on through, doesn't it? God is not in it. And it doesn't make any difference how much of an income we have if God is not in it. If we're not careful how we use the blessing that the Lord has blessed, it will not multiply. It will not multiply. I cannot help, as I speak on my theme today concerning little is much if God is in it. In Mark, the 12th chapter, here is an individual that had little. The Bible only refers to as a widow, I do believe. Beginning with the 41st verse, it said, And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And tradition as it is written recorded down to history. As, as the rich put in their money they held it up, up high. So that when it dropped it clacked. <laughs> and people could hear it. And they could tell by the sound that he's put in a lot. They wanted the people to know. That they were putting it all on. <clears throat> but yet on the other side of the coin. Brethren there is an extreme that we can go to. The people just don't want anybody to know. It's all a secret. And, and they're so careful to hide what they give. The Bible tells us to be an examples one to another. Now I've never, it's never bothered me one bit all through my life. If people knew what I give. Because I felt that I was giving according to the, the way the Lord has blessed. I did not 
advertise it. I did not hold it up as if they did in the olden time for people to hear. But I wasn't, never been careful to slip it in the offering plate or, or who went through the treasures books. It's true that it's no one's business what people give. I realize that, but it never bothered me. If the board or someone who's in authority in the church, when they audit the books, if somebody should see what I gave, and just simply a good business practice to audit the books, it's for the treasurer's protection as well as keeping track of what's coming in. She wants protection if it is a she. Or sometimes there's been men who's been treasures since I've been in the ministry. They need to be protected against any sign of wrongdoing. They want to be protected. And, and as, their book, as the books are audited each year, and when the, when the audit committee gives their stamp of approval, it means that everything's in order. So we shouldn't say, well, no, the, they, they shouldn't audit the books. They might see what I give. But here is, in the 42nd verse, is, and there came a certain poor widow. A poor widow. And she threw in two mites, which make a fathering. And if I remember correctly, this was less than a penny. Less than a penny. She gave in. And it says, and he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more. Cast in more than all they which have cast into the treasury. For they did cast in all, cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had. Even all her living. Apparently she didn't have anything left after she gave that which was less than a penny. But the Lord was more pleased than that one penny. Less than a penny than all the abundance of the rich as they cast in the treasury. Can't help but remember a widow in Tacoma, Washington. Of course, that's in the days when, when income was considerable less than today and but nevertheless, what she gave was considerable less than what the normal income of that time was concerned. But her income at that time was only $75 a month. $75 a month. And that was back in the 60s because I didn't go in the ministry until 61. And you know, in the 60s, the normal income was more than $75 a month. She couldn't come to church every week. But when I would go and visit her, she would give me her time. $7.50. 
And as she would give it to me, she says, Brother Walker, I wished I could give more. She apologized. And I said, you need not apologize. This is all that the the Lord asked. But nevertheless, she said, Brother Walker, she said, I have just as much since I have started tithing as I had before I tithed. The Lord blessed and he stretched it even a little more in her purchasing power, ability to provide for herself. Little as much if God is in it. If God is in it. He certainly blesses when there is a need, if the individual is faithful in his service and obedience unto his word. In Matthew, the 14th chapter, here again is another episode that's recorded for us. A great multitude had been listening to the Lord as he spoke and as he taught and as he expounded the scriptures. But noontime came and he knew that the people were hungry. And the Lord says, let's feed the people. And the disciple says, well, we don't have anything to give. And the Lord says, what do you have? And I've. And the disciple says, well, there's there's an individual here that has five loaves and two fishes. That's all that they had. I'm sure you've been at someone's place and and you're visiting and perhaps you stay just a little longer than you intended and and your guest invited you to stay and you was a little hesitant and they said, well, we'll just put a little more water in the soup. That's an old southern saying. Spread it out a little, just a little further. Well, The Lord did not necessarily put a little water in the soup, but he certainly stretched the five loaves and the two fishes. As we begin with the 16th verse, it says, But the Lord said unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. And he says, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes. Looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they all did eat and were filled and they took up of the fragments after they, they ate more than they began with. Twelve baskets. Twelve baskets. The Lord did not let anything go to waste. But nevertheless, he was in it. And he blessed. 
He multiplied. He took that which the people thought could not go as far as it was needed. And many times today we think that we don't have enough to go as far as we would like for our income or what we have to go. And so when there's a need rises to share, we hesitate. We hesitate. And perhaps don't even give. But brethren, little is much if God is in it. If God is pleased with your life, he'll stretch and he will multiply. And he'll make sure that you fall, do not fall short in your needs. But that's not our way of thinking, is it? That's not our normal line of thought, feeling. When the occasion rises for us to share and to give. We sort of hesitate and, and wonder if we can still get by. I, I marvel at the disciples when they went into the ministry. Because this is something of which comes very close to home with me when I first went into the ministry. In Matthew, the 10th chapter. Matthew, the 10th chapter. And the Lord didn't require this of me when I went into the ministry. I, I tell you, I don't know if I would have had enough faith to do what he asked the disciples to do. Matthew, the 10th chapter, beginning with verse 7. And it says, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. This is my thought. Neither, excuse me, verse 9. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey. Don't even take two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his food. When they started their, we might call it their apprenticeship, they were told not to take any money for you, with you. They were told not to take an extra, any extra clothes with them. That's the way that the Lord wanted them to start out. Apparently, the only way that I can explain it is he wanted them to totally, completely depend upon him. <laughs> As I said, the Lord didn't ask that of me. 
but he did ask me to take a cut in salary. And I tell you, that was hard, even that in itself. Because back in the early 60s, if you took a $150 cut in salary, that was a pretty big cut. My wife and I, many a time, ended up with nothing at the end of the month. Or even perhaps even a week, or a little more than a week before the end of the month. We had to wait until the end of the month because there was nothing as far as money in the house was concerned. But I want to tell you, brethren, we never lacked We never lacked. And we had as much as anyone else in our income bracket. We had no less. Little as much if God is in it. But yet we find in Luke the 22nd chapter... Jesus didn't always leave them in that situation. And Luke, the 22nd chapter, apparently they have finished their apprenticeship now, if you'll let me use that word, to describe their training. Apparently they have finished their apprenticeship now. In Luke, the 22nd chapter, beginning with the 35th verse, And he, that is Jesus, said unto them, When I sent you without purse and scrip and shoes, did you lack anything? And they said, no. Then he said unto them, but now he that hath a purse, let him take it. And likewise his scrip. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Here their training time is over. They have proven that God was good of his word. They have learned to rely upon a higher power. They have learned not to depend upon their wisdom and their abilities. And so he says, now you can take your purse and your script and the extra pair of clothes. Because you've learned the lesson that I wanted you to learn. And after that, as we study the life of the disciples, they've never questioned the leading of the the Lord. They've never questioned it after. They learned their lesson well. And if we today could only realize that little is much if God is in it. Whether it is our job, many times our employer will say, you either work or it's the door. And sorry to say, brethren, many of our own people will go against what God has told them in the scriptures. Because they just do not trust the Lord to provide. 
Apparently they have not learned that apprenticeship that disciples learned in the beginning of their ministry. To trust the Lord for their provision. David, as he spoke about God's people in Psalms, the 37th chapter. In Psalms, the 37th, the 37th Psalm, rather. David has something to say about the faithfulness of the righteous. Psalm 37 and verse 25, he said, I have been young and now I am old. In other words, he said, all through my lifetime, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. As I said, my wife and I, we got down very low many times. Very low. But we never had to beg. There was always food on the table. Clothes to wear. Couldn't always buy the clothes we wanted. Would like to. (laughs) But my wife was a thrifty individual. Many people wouldn't think about going into the Goodwill store. I want you to know if it wasn't good for the Goodwill store, I don't know what we would have done. She spent the money wisely. She didn't put it in a, in a pocket with a hole in it. She knew where it went. And it went for where the cause, as far as the value of the, that which was spent. And so David said, as he spoke of the righteous, I am young, I was young, but now I am old. And all of that time I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. The Lord always provides for his people. He takes care of it. He sees the provision is there. Now we have spoken about material things. Let's switch gears for just a little bit and let us speak about the spiritual things of life. In Matthew, the fifth chapter, Matthew, the fifth chapter, in the sixth verse, he says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, brethren, it matters not whether it's in the material things of life. If we have but a few things, if our income is small, the Lord said you still will be filled. You still will be provided for. And when it comes to the spiritual things of life, if there is a hunger, if there is a thirst, 
for righteousness, to know, to understand. He says they will be filled. God doesn't wait until we learn everything that we find in the scriptures to feel satisfied. To go away from the spiritual table, as it were, feeling that we've been fed. But there is a prerequisite that has to be there. There has to be a hunger and there has to be a thirst. And God knows if it exists. If you just go through the motions as if it's something of a habit, you won't feel me. You've been fed. You've just done something as far as the scriptures are concerned. But if there's a thirst and a hunger there to, to learn, to understand, to serve, the Lord is going to feed you. And you're going to feel as if you have been fed when you rise from your moment of meditation, when you go home from church, when you go home from worship, you feel that it's been worth being there. But did you just come to church today, just more or less, for people to see that you've been in church, this is the way that you've been raised, and you went through the motions of accepting the Lord, and you wanted the people to see that you attend church faithfully? Now, brethren, I'm glad you're here for any reason. I'm not, I'm not belittling that. But I am saying, unless you come with a hunger and a thirst, you'll go home feeling that you haven't been fed as you expected to be fed. You'll just not be able to drink in the presence of the Lord. You'll just not be able to, to be fed with the food because your mind will be somewhere else. over what's happened during the past week. Or perhaps something that's coming up, you just dwell on that and what the been said in Sabbath school class or what the preacher says, it just goes right over your head, it seems. You don't hear it. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You may not be able to understand very much, you might be just a babe in the Lord. But nevertheless, you'll feel that you've been fed. Because little is much if God is in it. In Acts the fourth chapter. In Acts the fourth chapter. In the thirteenth verse. Now this is, is describing the thoughts and the feeling of those who did not believe in the Lord, those who had a high education, those who had been trained in the things of life, in the educational field. In verse 13 of Acts, the fourth chapter, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John 
and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. <laughs> Notice that. Those ignorant men, they've never gone to school, they've never gone to the higher echelon of the educational system. They're just unlearned, ignorant men. We shouldn't pay any attention to them. It says they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. Brethren, I admit and I confess that I feel intimidated when I'm around someone who's highly educated. I shouldn't feel that way. But I do. But other than that, I have worked within the church system long enough. And I'm saying this with the realization that the Bible is warning me about I was going to quote it to you. Evil surmises. You know the Bible cautions us about evil surmises. And if I'm guilty, God forgive me. But I have gotten the feeling as I have worked on committees and in the church system that those who have had highly education, well, he doesn't quite understand it all. Maybe that's where my inferiority complex is coming in. I hope so. Well, <laughs> I'm getting up either in, all right. Dr. Desmond Ford, I don't know if you know him or not. He's alive today. He was one of the speakers at our general conference. Not a member of the church. I wasn't pleased with the appointment. Do not apologize with it about it. Because I think our ministers ought to be teaching our people. But he made the remark in his sermon. He said the unlearned trend to be more legalistic. More rigorous. More demanding. Well I wish we had more people who was ignorant then. I wish we did. Rather than the feeling that anything goes, anything is acceptable, and I realize I'm extra. Honey, what's the word? <laughs> extra. No, ex exaggerating. I couldn't get the Z in there. <laughs> I realize I'm doing that. I'm not saying that they're saying that everything goes, but you get the feeling. Just because we're living in a time of grace that we don't have to be as particular. There would be more freedom. But that's what Dr. Desmond, and he's a very highly educated man. 
And I'm, and I'm not against education. I wished I had more education that I have. But for a man to, to make that statement, he says the unlearned trend to be more legalistic, more rigorous, more demanding. I don't think the man knew what he was talking about. <laughs> because that is exactly what they said about Peter and John. They perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. What did I say? Oh, okay. My wife was emphasizing. They thought, but in the ways of God, they were highly educated. Peter and John was demanding. They themselves, no. But they were speaking in terms that God was demanding. And brethren, when, when I speak and when I come across to you, when I sound as if I am somewhat legalistic, I hope that you will think that I am not saying it from the standpoint of my way I think it ought to be, it's my understanding of the scriptures. I feel that it's the scriptures that's demanding, not me. And I feel that I'm obligated by God to speak what the scripture says. <laughs> Little is much if God is in it. At the time of Jesus' resurrection, at the time of his resurrection, in Matthew, excuse me, Luke the 24th chapter. In Luke the 24th chapter, This is after the resurrection of Jesus. And he's on his way on the road. And he's talking to these two individuals. But they didn't know who he was. They didn't know who he was. And as they walked along the road, he talked to them. And he spoke about the scriptures and the things that had transpired over the, over the days prior to that time when they were together. In the 32nd verse. It says, and there were also two other. Luke 24, I'm in the wrong chapter. Luke 24 in the 32nd verse. And as they said one to another, did not our hearts burn within us? Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way? And while he opened to us the scriptures? They didn't know who he was. But there was a thirst, there was a hunger there from within them. And it was just as if they hung on to every word that he said. They listen intently. 
to what he had to say. They didn't know who he was, but then their eyes were open in the 31st verse. They realized who he was. And I believe it says he vanished out of their sight. And they said, no wonder our hearts burned within us as he opened unto us the scriptures. Yes, brethren, there has to be a desire before the Lord can bless. There has to feel a need before the Lord can give or fulfill that need in our life. My concluding text this morning, Matthew 17. Matthew, the 17th chapter. I feel that this is a positive thought for us to close today. Matthew 17 and verse 10 or 20. Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. In other words, they had tried to do something here and they couldn't. And I don't know whether it was casting out a devil or just what it was. I believe it is. They prayed and nothing happened. And they couldn't understand. And so they came to Jesus and they asked him why. And Jesus said unto them in verse 20, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as of a grain of a mustard seed. Now why does a single out a mustard seed? There's multitudes of seeds. Why does it speak about a mustard seed? Because I am told that a mustard seed is the smallest of seeds is the smallest of seeds. Or in that category at least, being very, very small. But I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed. Oh, sometimes when we get ill, I'm going to go down to the preacher because he's the man that's supposed to have the faith. Oh, no. God isn't partial. God isn't partial. If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, he shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible for you. Little is much if God is in it. If you have just a little bit of faith, it still pleases the Lord. Little as much. He can use that. Just continue to be faithful. May the Lord bless you is my prayer.